you know, the things that we talked about, those are things that I just really can't picture those things happening anywhere else than right where I found myself in those days. And that's, that's the story to be told. And that's truly what distinguishes ETBU from anything anywhere else. Welcome to the Tiger Alumni Podcast from East Texas Baptist University. My name is Carrie Johnson, class of 1994, and as the Director of Alumni Relations at ETBU, I'll be your host. Every day I have the opportunity to meet and visit with phenomenal alumni of various ages and stages in life. I often feel sad that others don't get to hear what we say. So we've decided to capture some of the conversations here with the hopes of sharing them with you. I'm so glad you're here. Today, I get to talk with John Guidry, a 1991 graduate from Beaumont, Texas. So tell me what you're doing these days. Well, as you know, I married Beth Hatch after our sophomore year in college, and we are nearing our 33rd anniversary in June. So wow. I'm being married these days. <laughs> um, we're we're having a blast with our two grandchildren, and um, we... Honestly, Carrie, we believe we're in our most fruitful, productive, influential years as uh, we're spending a lot of our time mentoring young adults who are mostly in their 20s and 30s, not not really like a program or study course, but just really intensive personal discipleship based on how Holy Spirit shows us he wants to work in the lives of these men and women who come to us. Um, We you know, we stepped aside from church staff and ministry organization jobs as our main income back in the late nineties, but we've just watched the Lord provide for us all through the years. And now we're just really been able to invest substantial amounts of time in the people the Lord gives us and more more than in any other season of our lives. So as far as work, though, that I do to pay the bills, that's probably what you were really asking. And I got off into the other stuff. Um, I I do CFO controller services on a contract basis for small businesses and then other consulting projects for those businesses as well. And And then we're also ramping up a catering meal prep and food truck business that I believe will eventually overtake the consulting and allow us to employ a lot more people launch some new entrepreneurs and serve as a community building force through hospitality, which really is our, our biggest passion. What is going to be the first menu item you roll out? Well, we really, the whole idea started uh, with, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago on a, a, a game day. We, we host a, a, on Saturdays during football season, Alabama Crimson Tide football gets watched here by lots of people. And um, I, I looked around one day and thought, you know, what more people were showing up than I thought. It's like, what do I have? And and uh, ended up creating this Cajun burrito, which we call the burrito. And it's just spelled with E-A-U-X at the end. And mm-hmm. instead of an O, and it just has like uh, some some smoked pork chunks and dirty rice and red beans and the stuff that's kind of the you know part of my Cajun blood and uh, all wrapped up in a big giant burrito sized tortilla and it it was a hit and 
we just kind of built a whole concept around it. And so that's what the food truck does. And what brought you to ETBU? I, I grew up around this area and uh, ETBU was never, it was nowhere on my radar. Uh, I knew some older people who had gone there and such, but it was nowhere on my radar when I entered the spring of my senior year of high school. Um, I had scholarship offers to at least four other private universities and could have gone to any school in the UT system tuition free, but I just, I just hadn't discovered the right overall fit. And I was kind of starting to run out of time. And, but I, I, I still really remember the day that all that changed really well. It was basketball season I came down with a stomach bug right after school and had to miss the game that we had that night. Then I missed school the next day and this, uh, some other university, I, I can't remember honestly, which one it was, they had been recruiting me and wanted to talk to me and try to nail me down that, that night. And I told them I'm, I'm sick. I'm, you know, I'm kind of had, I've been really, really sick and didn't go to school today. I can't, I can't go to this. They were doing a senior night at uh, a school here in the area, and I, I just can't do it. And they kept calling. They kept calling like four times that day or something. And but, but honestly, by the end of the day, my symptoms were gone. I was feeling a little bit better, so I I managed to pull myself together and and head down there. And while I was waiting in line to talk to the uh, rep from that school, that I can't even remember which one it was. I'm overhearing the conversation that the 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 guy in the booth next door was having. And it was it was the ETBU booth and Joe Lehman, who was an admissions counselor at the time, was standing there and every word that he's saying while to, to some other person while I'm eavesdropping standing there just was I mean, it was just gripping me. It was stirring me. It was like hitting that spot that nothing else had hit. And so I kind of had the whole goosebumps thing and, you know, kind of the heartbeat, you know, increased or whatever. And, and it, it was, it was like for the first time, something was really resonating with who I really was and where I really wanted my life to go. And so as soon as he finished that conversation, I just moved over and started talking to him. And I never did go and talk to the rep from that other school that had been bugging me. And uh, from there, everything just really fast-tracked. I think it was just maybe maybe a couple of weeks later, I, was, I found myself driving up to Marshall uh, to do scholarship interviews. And, um, and that's... Uh, that's how it happened. I, you know, a few weeks later, they're telling me you got the scholarship, you're accepted to school, and I started that fall, age uh, nineteen eighty seven, back in the nineteen hundreds. What was your major when you first started? I uh, first started. I was an accounting major, and, and did you stick with that? Did not. I got to uh, first semester of intermediate accounting. And while I made an A in intermediate accounting, and I loved Earl Timms, who was the uh, accounting professor at the time. Uh, he died a few years ago, I think, but he, I, I loved him. But I was just like, I don't really want to do this for the all of these college hours I have. And I had uh, taken some communication classes uh, 
by that point that just really did grip me and kind of appealed to that consultant kind of thing that I do now. And mm -hmm. so I ended up doing, um, I ended up doing a speech communication major along with a Christian ministries major and okay. a general business minor. I, I managed to convert all of those accounting hours I already had and some economic stuff I did later into a, a minor. So that's how that landed. Um, talk to me about some impactful faculty and staff relationships that you enjoyed. Sure. I, I mentioned a, a few of those. Joe Lehman, uh, the admissions counselor, remained a good friend uh, for my first couple of years while he was still on staff. But um, then Earl Timms, uh, was, was just, I mean, he just, I don't know why, but he just, he loved me and, and just treated me so well, even though I probably didn't deserve it. And, uh, so mm -hmm. he was always meaningful to me, but what, uh, probably what put the final hook in me for ETBU was during that application and interview process I described earlier, I met. Uh, Dr. Don Ellis, who was executive VP and VP for academic affairs at the time, and his wife, Dr. Joyce Ellis, who was director of admissions. And we just instantly hit it off. And they really became my mom and dad away from home, spent a lot of time in their home and doing all kinds of things with them. And uh, so they were just incredibly important to me and and I've managed to maintain contact we uh Don passed away a few years ago and was able to go to his funeral and and then uh reconnected with Joyce during that time and um but uh as far as some others Don uh had hired his good friend Bob Utley to teach religion classes starting the same year that I started in 87 and Don insisted that I register for one of Bob's classes. Just trust me, you're going to love the guy. And <laughs> so OT1, my first semester, was the first three-hour class of the 30 hours total that I took from Bob while I was at ETBU. So, oh, wow. So obviously, uh, Bob was uh, a huge influence on my life. I've, I've really begun to realize just in the past couple of years uh how influential he was and has continued to be in the way I think, the way I relate to the Lord, the way I view my life. So anybody that's kind of looking at me and going, what happened to that guy? It's probably Bob's fault. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I'd be I'd be remiss not to honor uh, the late Don Potts, uh, Henry Hood, both of whom loved me well and taught me so much. And then the other guy I can't help but think of was uh, was Dr. Craig, uh, Robert Jack Craig, the president mm -hmm. at the time. Uh, he uh, he took a personal interest in me, as did his wife, uh, Mary Jane. And uh, we uh, or Mary Jean, excuse me, we uh, the, the last couple of years of school, it just seemed like we were always doing some kind of banquet. Maybe that's because of some of the campus organizations I led and the fact that Beth was the, the main singer on campus and all of that, we always found ourselves at these uh, banquets that the school administration was putting on. So we're sitting and I always would sit by 
Mrs. Craig at the head table and we were bad. We were a lethal combination. Uh, and she, I could barely keep my composure because she just was, was so funny at the expense of whatever crazy, you know, silly thing was going on in the banquet. And anyway, we, we hit it off and, um, really one of the most memorable and honoring things that has ever happened to me in my life was one day, um, Dr. Craig saw me walking across the quad as he was about to go into the administration building. And he called me over to speak with him. He said, now that you're in your last year here, uh, you'll likely be sending out lots of resumes. I want you to make sure to list me as a reference and let me know if I need to write any recommendations for you. I'm not sure my influence is worth all that much, but maybe it could help a little. Well, I mean, Obviously, he was an influential guy and and just an incredible man all the way around. And uh, to be honest, if it had not been for him and the way God used him, you and I wouldn't be having this conversation right now because I'm ETBU was in trouble when he when he stepped in in '86 or whatever year he started, and mm-hmm. he just put things back on track fiscally and academically and spiritually. Because uh, as much as it was important to him to get things solvent and shore up the academics, I mean, he he was a proponent of revival on camp. He just wanted to see an outpouring of Jesus, and uh, he's he was just an incredible guy. So, um, what do you know now that you wish you had known as a college student? We've said to ourselves and to other people so many times, what were we in such a hurry to get out of college for? Because let's be real, we had it made back then. I mean, it was just like everything we thought that was so hard and we wanted to just rush so we could get on with life. We look back at it now and go, wow, that was the good life back then. We we should have milked that for a little more, you know, that made it last. Um, but, uh, you know, beyond that, um, I I know now that, the body of Christ extends so far beyond the tiny little sectarian Baptist world we knew at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, there are more people to know and more ways to serve God than you can imagine. So, you know, so I would say to myself, don't think you've arrived or figure out, figured out what your life is going to look like because there are people out there, there are opportunities out there. I mean, I, I can remember you know, maybe five, five, six years after graduation as just where life had taken us at that point, we started expanding those horizons a little bit and meeting more people and getting more opportunities. And I was getting to, to do some international missions, travel and some things like that at the time. And I, I remember kind of being mad that no one told me that this whole other world was out there. You know, we were just so locked in and limited to our tiny little world. And and I'm sure some of that had to do with the era we were in. I mean, I, I, I do look back and, and think if I had known then what I know now about all of the opportunities and the people that are out there in the broader sense of the kingdom of God, how how would that have changed my viewpoint and changed my approach to everything even back then. And I, I think I would have been better off for it. So, you know, the things, things were so different. We had met so many other people and opportunities that we didn't even know existed back then. And, 
And I just said, if you, um, if you'll fall in love with Jesus and let his spirit lead you according to the father's heart's desire, you'll meet people and be presented with opportunities that are so far beyond your wildest expectations. And it was some years later that I, I was impacted by, uh, the, the, in the message translation in second Corinthians six, uh, Paul says to those believers in Corinth, very much what I would say to my college self, he, he said, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. We didn't mm -hmm. fence you in the smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. Open up your lives live openly and expansively. And, you know, probably a, a 20, around 25 years ago, uh, well after college, uh, God, we sound ancient. Uh, 25 years ago, well after college, those are words that were just really seared into my consciousness. And I've never forgotten them. I mean, they're one of, you know, maybe 15 or 20 other things that I could piece together that, that the Lord used as, you know, as just as, as memorable moments that, that changed the trajectory of everywhere we're going everywhere, everywhere we've gone since then. But, um, you know, that, that particular passage was just so meaningful and it just fits, uh, with everything I would say to my college self. So. Tell me about some ways in which your time on the Hill prepared you for your current job and community. You know, obviously my path has been way different than what I expected, what others expected of me. But even with that, I, I believe I developed a sense of mission, uh, a style of leadership, uh, passion for revival and awakening, uh, all things that still are key parts of who I am and what I do to this day. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I, I would even say on the real practical side, I see uh, the the foundation that was given to me in my accounting and finance classes. Um, you know, that ended up being my minor, but I didn't use that for years. But years later, I was able to fall back on that when when it was d demanded of me and um, and really just kind of like getting right back up on the bicycle and, and riding. And mm -hmm. um, so I, I think that's a, a good testament to uh, the foundation that was given to me. Um, but maybe, maybe more than anything is the way my view of how to process life was shaped by some of those mentors that I talked about earlier. Um, they just, just somehow because I was seeing them in more of an integrated lifestyle, I, you know, I saw hmm. them not just as, not just as administrators or faculty members, but I saw them in their family and in their home. I saw them in, uh, you know, activities beyond the classroom. I, I saw them serving in ministry. I worked alongside them in volunteer efforts. I, there, were, there were so many things that I really saw that I really saw the, the lifestyle that they had, the, the 
just the integrity and the character that that was there. It was innate in who they were that they they really loved the Lord and served Him, and and their whole life, no matter what they were doing, was about that. And so I, um, I, I think that for sure shaped my expectations of myself and what life was supposed mm-hmm. to look like. And then mm-hmm. the 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 last thing I would that I would think of just kind of pops in my head is that in in my classroom experiences and and just what learning was like and I guess obviously you can't separate that from who was teaching me and, and those kinds of things. My undergrad experience at ETBU was so good that all of the master's level classes that I took at other institutions after ETBU were a disappointment. I mean, it was like, (laughs) it was like, this is, this is like, you know, this content and this, you know, what the way it's being presented to me and who this person is saying from it just all seemed really mediocre and run of the mill and unnecessary after the rich, rich experience that I had uh, in my undergrad at ETBU. And so I, I, you know, for that, for that sense, the the faculty and staff, I just, I owe, I owe so much of my life to them and probably don't, mm-hmm. I probably don't stop and think of that often enough, you know, but it really stirs a lot of gratitude in me uh, yeah. when I think of it. I, the, the part I love about my job is that um, I continue to be reminded and um, to become aware that just some phenomenal people who love Jesus and yeah. also have a degree from ETBU. And I've, I've just been given this really wonderful opportunity to shine light on what God has done. Like I've watched God bring people to this community uh, for decades. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm just, it's remarkable. And yeah. So if I can capture um, little bits of the, of his narrative that for a season, the thing we had in common was that for a season we did life on this hill. And I, I, I just know that God has done amazing things. If, if, all we were, if all we were going to do is just talk about uh, rah-rah, proud, proud alum, college yeah. uh, stuff, any... Any graduate of any university can do that. Right. But there are the the same way that anyone can give a thirsty person a bottle of water. Anybody can give a hungry hungry person a plate of food or a homeless person a place to sleep. Anybody can do that. But there are there are certain things that only that only an ETBU grad who who really immersed themselves in the full experience that was available socially, academically, spiritually. Uh, Only there are distinctives. That's where they are is in that Mm -hmm. stuff. It's, Mm -hmm. it's not in any, and, and the, I mean, with that, obviously lots of great things about the campus, about the staff, about the students comes out, but it's only in that, it's only in the context of those things that makes it distinct from what could have 
what we could be proud of from any university that we graduated from. But I, I think, you know, the things that we talked about tonight, those are things that I just really can't picture those things happening anywhere else yeah. um, than right where I found myself in those days. And that's that's the story to be told. And that's what distinguishes, uh, that's truly what distinguishes ETBU from anything anywhere else because there's lots of other places that have lots of the same classes and degree plans and lots of other mm -hmm. places even that that you know say that they have christian values and those kinds of things but you know they're it, it's in those to, to me it's just in those real human stories that of, of exactly how god did it yeah while we're there and since then that that's that's where the good stuff is otherwise yeah. is it even is this even worth doing you know <laughs> right yeah so uh, thank you brother you're welcome all right well thanks for letting me do this and we'll uh, talk to you soon all right bye-bye okay, find more alumni spotlights by visiting www.etbu.edu alumni Stay up to date by following us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Thanks for listening, and may the light on the hill never die.